this is Catherine, as I know I need to stop talking. Hello, my loves, how are we doing? It's the end of January, fucking yes, at last. Longest month in the year in any year. Longest month of all eternity in a pandemic. And really, really longest fucking month of all eternity when, like me, you're being a dick and doing dry January. Although I do feel that I'm hoping that the Queen in her honours list this year is going to introduce a brand new category for those of us who did dry January. During a pandemic, it'll possibly be called the What a Dick Awards. Although, you know, I, at least I, I reserve the right to feel very smug because I was a dick in a pandemic. But yeah, end of January. So February will follow next. Clearly February follows next because those are the order of the month of the years. Oh dear, it's been a long week. It's been a very long week. Some of you will have seen the blog post I put up this week on Facebook. I mean, Monday and Tuesday evenings. Fucking hell. You know, and you're just like, you, and, and social media obviously gives you a false impression of how everybody else's lives are, are going. And I appreciate that, that pretty much everybody out there, it's, it's tough right now, isn't it? Because we're, we're all juggling stuff, whether we're juggling work and schooling kids, despite never having done a teaching training degree, or indeed had a scrap of patience in our lives, or whether you're juggling working out in the front line, or whether you're just, you know, at home alone and, and finding things really tough at the minute. We're, we're all fighting our own battles. But nobody else seems to have the fucking mad shit go on in their lives that, that, that quite happens to me. And, and the tale I put up this week was, was just an example of that. Obviously, the great mouse hunt. What a treat. Just what you want on a Monday night. Catching live mice, which piss on you. Somebody's fetish, probably somewhere, but it's definitely not mine. And then the debacle of the dishwasher. The debacle of the dishwasher. And for anybody who who, who missed the debacle of, of Tuesday evening. So what had happened? I think I said, I, I said, didn't I, on last week's podcast, that's right. I told you with great confidence I was going to mend the dishwasher. Well, Pride, it turns out, well and truly comes before a fall. Not only did I not mend the dishwasher, I completely fucking destroyed the dishwasher in the process. And it started so well. I bought a replacement part because I think, as I said last time, there's always helpful men. It is always men. I'm hopefully, hoping there's some girls out there doing great DIY videos as well. I'll be honest, I probably won't be adding myself to their ranks based on based on this week. But there's always helpful videos. So I'd identified the part, I'd ordered it, it turned up. And Tuesday night, I said to the kids, I made them dinner. I was like, right, mummy's going to mend the dishwasher. And, and they both looked quite concerned and then rapidly left the room which probably tells you all you you need to know and actually it's quite straightforward I got the right part I unscrewed the door I found where the the little part had to go into I even remembered which way around the wires went that had to be clipped back in so it wasn't even like I was going and not thinking about the next stage of the process got the door back on and I'm literally sat there feeling so smug going this is it I'm going to be on the blog this evening and I mended my dishwasher I'm a fucking dishwasher genius I think at that point I probably was thinking to myself I'm going to turn this podcast into a DIY podcast because clearly I'm a fucking DIY genius despite having no training whatsoever. Yeah, not so much because I fitted the part, put the door back on and then turned the dishwasher on. It didn't turn on. I was like, fuck. Then I remembered I hadn't turned the power back on. See, it's all right. I was like, okay, I'm cool. I'm, I'm level-headed. Put the power back on, press the button. It turned on. I was like, fucking yes, the lights have come on. I'm a genius. Then I tried to shut the door and the door, oh, when I say, well, well, it, it wouldn't shut basically, which obviously for a dishwasher, not ideal. So I tried a few things, 
by which I mostly mean I hit the dishwasher and shouted at it and used a choice selection of swear words words on it because I've always found that if you shout and scream at household objects they respond really positively they don't but sometimes it makes you feel better and it still wasn't working and and the really infuriating thing was that if I threw my entire body weight at it and held it shut it would actually start for a brief moment almost like luring me into like hey look this is what you could have won and then I'd let go and it would be like and it would stop so I tried various things and and quickly realized that that it wasn't happening so so then the worst moment of all came because I had to go into the living room where Mr I know I need to stop talking who's very good at DIY but nevertheless said you know kind of been I think perhaps impressed by my quiet confidence and my conviction that I was a a, a dishwasher mending guru I had to go into him and hang my head in shame and go can't make the dishwasher work can you do it and credit to him, he, he only laughed in my face for about 30 seconds, so it wasn't an extended mocking period, and he came in, and, and then he was just capable, which is the most irritating thing of all, because he was just really good and capable, like, where I'd been, like, balancing dishwasher doors on my knee, and balancing, leaning over on one foot like some half-assed pirouette to get to the other side, he just had a much better way of doing everything, and it just all went much better, so he got in there, and he, and he got to the thing and stuff. Now, our dishwasher is one of those stupid, stupid stupid integrated dishwashers. I hate, I fucking hate integrated household appliances. If I was on room 101, I think they'd be right up there because it just makes everything that was already difficult that little bit more difficult. So in our case, the dishwasher had some really fucking heavy, great big wooden door nailed, nailed, screwed. I don't know what I'm talking about. There might be a clue in this. Why, why my dishwasher repair was not successful? I can't think why. It's a mystery. Um, so this, this door thing, kind of the nails went through the, the front of the dishwasher, but also went through to the door bit. But only some of them, honestly, it was ridiculous. I'm straight A student. I had not a fucking clue what was going down. So Mr. I know I need to stop talking is, is painstakingly undoing all the screws and stuff. And, and then we realise that the, the wooden bit of the door is also flapping about and is threatening to come off. So at this point, we bring Jamie into the mix, who literally comes down looking like, why, why are you intent on ruining my life? I'm like, it's like a practical lesson, son. This is home learning and practical environment. And he looked at me like, fuck off. No, it isn't. So, so we kind of laid him underneath, underneath the door to, to kind of keep it, keep it in place, literally looking like we've, like we've ruined his life. And we went through and we tried to do the parts. Anyway, long story short, long story short, Mr. I don't need to stop talking. He was like, did you kick this dishwasher? I was like, maybe. He's like, yeah, I think you've like warped the entire door out of shape. And, and I'm such a born optimist. I'm such a born optimist. I was like, well, I probably did that, but let's not give on up off on it just yet, eh? And then the fucking door fell off. So at that, at that point, we, we, we converted our efforts from trying to save a clearly flagging dishwasher to ordering a new dishwasher online, which I appreciate we're very lucky to be able to do. And then unplumbing a dishwasher, which is really not the most fun you can have with your clothes on whatsoever because it turns out that when you unplumb an old dishwasher in order to take out the front it just stinks of like rancid water so that was a nice aroma permeating the entire house on, on Tuesday night Beth came down and said she was like what have you done I was like I don't know it's gone very badly wrong is it mended well I wouldn't say mended entirely Anyway, it's all good. We've got a brand new dishwasher. It's really nice. And I will never try to mend a fucking dishwasher ever again. My lesson is well and truly learned. Although I say that, 
I don't have a very good track record when it comes to DIY. Now, some of this is lack of interest, right? So DIY is not something I rush to do. And therefore, it's one of those things that the more you do it, I'm sure the better you get. But actually dating right back to being a little kid. And uh, <laughs> my my granny's, my mum's mum, she was a lovely, lovely lady. Sadly died when I was 16. And her house was always pristine. And I mean pristine. Everything was perfect. She had the most beautiful furnishings, most beautiful carpetings. And, and she just looked after her house very, very well. So roll back to, I must have been, I don't know, maybe, maybe six, I guess, five or six. And we'd gone to see my granny and my granny and my mum had gone out for the day and there'd been a problem, something to do with, I was going to say my granny's plumbing, that sounds a bit weird, doesn't it? My granny's plumbing as in the pipework in her house. And my dad, who, like me, eternal optimist, is like, yeah, we'll give it a go, it'll be fine, had obviously agreed that he was going to have a go at Mendy, maybe it was a leak or something like that. And I don't have loads and loads of, of childhood memories from when I was really little, but I can remember this day really vividly. So we're, we're in my granny. She lived in a maisonette, on the ground floor of a maisonette. We're in my granny's granny's maisonette, and we're in like the little landing area where the um, where the cupboard is with the boiler and I assume the piping and things. And my dad's in there with the toolkit, doing you know doing his thing, and I, I've got no idea what he was doing. He possibly didn't have any idea what he was doing either, but he looked really convincing. And he's in there doing his thing, and I'm milling about, as is my sister, who must be about two at the time. We're milling about, as kids do. And then, all of a sudden, it was like Niagara Falls had erupted inside, remember, pristine, my granny's pristine house. There's water up the walls, there's waters on the ceiling, it's spurting up and down this landing. And I remember, even as a little kid, going, mm, this isn't ideal, is it? And so my dad is then doing that thing that you do with small children, which is don't panic, it's fine, we're going to sort it out, it's absolutely fine. We just need to turn off the stopcock, at which point I think he must have looked at us going, fuck, I've got absolutely not a fucking clue where the stopcock is. So we're in this house, water's pouring everywhere. And at that point, my little sister Helen toddles in from, from the kitchen, she's obviously gone into the kitchen and she's holding, you know, there's little tiny white bowls about the size of like a, um, a one you make a Christmas pudding in, a little tiny bowl. She brings that little tiny bowl in and she goes, here you go, daddy, will this help? Oh, God love you, Helen. That was a that was a brilliant moment. I don't remember what what happened after that. One assumes that my father found the stopcock, but I imagine my granny's reaction when she came back home was probably not not ideal. So yeah, that that was probably my my earliest run in with with DIY ineptness. Maybe maybe I take off to my dad. Maybe it's a family a family trait. But my, my problem is I always have this innate confidence that I can do it, which is almost worse than saying, no, I'm rubbish at DIY. So, so another DIY anecdote. Oh, my God. I was early 20s. I'd moved down to where I live now to move in with Mr. I know I need to stop talking. And he lived with a housemate of his at the time called Mark. And at the time, we were all poor. The, the house was kind of, a, you know, not a great state of repair. And in particular, the lock on the toilet door was really dodgy. You know where this is going, don't you? Well, you possibly think you know where this is going, but I promise you the reality is far more surreal than what you're possibly even imagining. So we were, uh, one afternoon, I think Mr. I need to stop talking, must have been out or at work, and I was at home, and I went up to the bathroom to have a wee, and locked the door, and then couldn't unlock the door. And I was like, shit, can't get out. So obviously you, you try things. It's quite embarrassing to get locked in a toilet as an adult, isn't it? So you try a few things. Nothing was doing. Okay, fine. Fair enough. Keep going, keep going. And so eventually I had to, I had to do the public humiliation thing and shout downstairs, Mark, I'm stuck. I'm stuck in the toilet. Can you help me? 
So Mark came upstairs and with a bit of brute force on both sides, we managed to open the, open the door and I was free. Hooray. At this point, right, the story should end. The story should end here. And it's testament to me and perhaps even Mark as well, that the story does not end here. Because at that point, between us, I can't remember who suggested it. It was almost certainly me. I said, well, we should probably mend that, shouldn't we? And again, early 20s, that innate belief, you can do anything. I was like, I'm going to get the toolkit. Mark was like, okay. So I got the toolkit upstairs, dodgy lock, and I was thinking to myself, well, if I just take the screws off, I'll be able to get out the, the middle bit, like the latch bit that goes into, into the side, and, and I'll be able to, to sort it. It's going to be fine. So Mark, you know, a bit of solidarity, stayed upstairs with me. And this is where the story becomes inexplicable, but I promise, promise, promise this is true. To mend the, the lock on the toilet, Mark and I decided that what would be a really, really good idea would be for both of us to go into the bathroom and shut the door. I have no fucking clue. I have no fucking clue. Unsurprisingly, it turns out when you're in the bathroom and you try to take the lock off, if you can't then access the side of the door with the lock sticking out, you are in big fucking trouble. So the story goes, Mr. I know I need to stop talking, arrived home from, from work, which thankfully wasn't too much later. I mean, it's probably like 20 minutes later, so we're not talking like we're in there for hours and hours. It wasn't a very big bathroom. It's a good job we got on all right. And just hears this banging and, and, and knocking from upstairs. And it's me and Mark going, help, we're stuck in the toilet. <laughs> And I, I wish I'd seen his face and trying to explain to him what had happened and why we thought that was a really, really good way to mend the broken toilet lock. Yeah, thankfully, he's far more capable than ours, even had a spare toolkit. We were out in no time at all. Um, yeah, mortified, mortified, mortified ever since. Um, but unbelievably, he still trusted me to to do various bits of, of DIY around around the home. There was a time, again, you know, the house was not in great disarray. We didn't have a lot of money. So as, as most people do, most couples do at that time in their life, you do everything yourself. And I'm particularly bad at painting. Like it's, it's a genuine skill to be as bad at painting as I am. And I remember one afternoon and Mr. I know I need to stop talking, he'd gone out to the football and we were painting our lounge at the time and it was fucking massive and covered with Artex and ah. And I was definitely at that stage where I was like, I just want to make this problem go away and just make it look marginally less like somebody's thrown up in it. So I convinced myself that'd be a really, really, really good idea to paint the ceiling. I don't know why I thought the ceiling was the best place to start, being five foot one and three quarters, but you know, nothing nothing like a bit of optimism. So I pulled out the stepladder, got the paint, got the brushes, and I dutifully I shut the curtains because and and this is now possibly gonna sound weird. Or maybe you're all gonna go, yeah, we all do this as well. We've always decorated naked. Not because it's a weird sexual fetish thing, although I appreciate that without context, that's perhaps how it sounds. But always painted naked on the basis that otherwise your clothes get covered in paint. Now, I have shared this story with a few people over the years and they've gone, what the fuck, you just have clothes that you wear for painting. But my argument is, but you don't need to. You could just be naked and then you wouldn't have any clothes covered in paint because paint comes off skin, right? Anyway, that's probably a bit of a weird mental image. But if you want that mental image, I'm painting the ceiling and I've got no clothes on. If that if that helps or or encourages particularly weird fetishist people to find this podcast. Yeah, that's disturbing, isn't it? Okay, moving on. I'm painting the ceiling. I'm painting the ceiling. Now, not only is it inexplicable that I've decided to start to paint the ceiling, it's also inexplicable that at that time we'd been given some port by somebody. Now, I don't like port. So this whole story is inexplicable. But I think... We'd had it out on the side, maybe we'd had some the night before, and I thought, I know what to do before painting the ceiling, I'll have a glass of port. So says every amateur decorator, <laughs> I'll have a glass of port. 
And so it was because I don't like port, I don't drink port, and consequently the port had gone to my head very rapidly that I got up onto what was fortunately a very low stepladder. And I also think the fact I was slightly drunk probably helped. Not sure about the nakedness. And I started painting the ceiling. And of course, to paint a ceiling, anybody who's painted a ceiling will know you have to look upwards to paint. And it's a real ball ache because once you've done a little bit, you have to keep moving the ladder. So I was trying to stretch the realms of possibility as far as I could by leaning in either direction as far as I possibly could, which is not recommended when you're up a ladder with no clothes on painting a ceiling. And the inevitable happened and I leant backwards behind me and I think what I imagined was some kind of beautiful reverse swan dive move but actually just resulted in, in a port-induced haze, me and the ladder and the paint all crashing backwards onto the floor where I lay for a moment admiring the work that I'd just done so I suppose you could say it wasn't a totally wasted exercise but yeah painting painting not my not my strong point either and perhaps the most infamous DIY moment of all that mister I know I need to stop talking still talks about like how is that even possible was another time I attempted to paint so in this scenario mister I know I need to stop talking he'd actually gone away for a few days and I was thinking in my head, oh, I'll do a little surprise for him when he gets back. I mean, to be fair, it was definitely a surprise. I'm not sure it was the surprise he wanted. So we had had a loft conversion built onto the house, the same house that I'd been locked in the toilet with Mark. We'd had a loft conversion built and it had an ensuite. And so we paid for the conversion to get built, but we didn't have a huge amount of extra cash. So they couldn't afford for somebody to come and paint it as well. And we were like, it's fine, no problem. Enough years had passed since the, the ceiling port incident that I felt confident that, that I could do this. So it was, I think it was a Thursday evening and I'd come back from work and Mr. I know I need to stop talking, like I say, was, was away. And I thought, do you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a go. I'm gonna paint, I'm gonna paint the ensuite because it's quite a small area. It feels a bit more manageable than the bedroom. I'm gonna paint the ensuite. So I got the paint, took it upstairs, got a paintbrush, took that upstairs, got the, got everything set, set out didn't put dust sheets down or anything because that would have been far too sensible. I was like, no, this is kind of like free painting. And so I started, I started on the walls and actually it was going really well, which clearly gave me a very false sense of confidence. So I did the wall and then I decided I was going to reach up to, to do the ceiling. Now the ceiling was not as problematical as the ceiling in the lounge because it was a much lower ceiling. So all I needed to do was to kind of stand up on, on the toilet seat. Fine, no problem. Got my paint paint pot on the floor, climbed onto the toilet, started painting. Again, painting ceilings, a little bit discombobulating in terms of sort of orientation as you're up there looking backwards. And I started to feel a bit dizzy. So I was like, okay, well, I'm going to step back down, gather myself, go up again. I stepped off the toilet, not looking where I was going. And I stepped backwards into the pot of paint. It was literally like a scene from a farce. I stepped back, my foot was firmly rigid in what was quite a full pot of white paint. Now, at this point, a sensible person would probably do anything other than what I did next, which was to look down at my foot in the pot of paint and go, oh, shit, better get my foot out. Now, don't worry, I wasn't stuck or anything. So I could quite easily step out of the pot of paint, which I did. And no carpet. We had a, a kind of like a laminate flooring. So, you know, it was, it was a smooth service. And up until then, you're a bit like, OK, well, that's the kind of thing that could happen to anybody. I mean, probably wouldn't because most people are more capable, but could happen to anybody. But what happened next is genuinely inexplicable. And to this day, I can't explain why I thought the most sensible thing to do was this. But I was like, oh, I'd better go and get something to clean my foot now because it's covered with paint. So where I could have hopped or lent my foot over the sink or the bath, because let's not forget, I'm in a bathroom. 
or I don't know, done anything other than this, what I actually decided that I would do was walk around the ensuite and bedroom floor space whilst trying to work out what the best thing was to do to sort out my foot, thinking, oh, this is good, the paint is coming off my foot. Yes, you fucking idiot, it's coming off your foot because it's going onto the fucking floor. And I then looked around and it was it was like one of those terrible scenes that you happen upon, like in The Cat and the Hat, where, where the cat and the hat's just caused abject chaos. That's what I'd done. I was the cat in the hat. There was white fucking footprints absolutely fucking everywhere. And of course, I wasn't quick enough or swift enough to realise that if you do get paint on the floor, the best thing you can do is clean it up really, really quickly. The worst thing you can do is to not do that. And so it was that when Mr. I Know I Need to Stop Talking arrived home and came upstairs and went, what the fuck? Yeah, even to to this day, and we don't live in that house anymore, but the, the people who live in that house now will still have little white patches of the worst DIY fallout ever as I just wandered aimlessly going how can I possibly get the paint off my foot I mean who fucking knows it's like a bona fide mystery so yeah don't don't get me to come to your house to do DIY I'm absolutely fucking shocking at it um I probably won't be attempting I know places like DIY SOS always like yeah we need volunteers we really want volunteers I genuinely think if they knew that and I turned up to volunteer they'd probably be like no you're all right it's fine it's fine don't worry it's fine it's fine. So yeah, so that's 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 a little a little trip down memory lane of some of my many and varied DIY absolute fucking disasters. I have many skills and it turns out personal home improvements, not really one of them. But other than that, I hope you're all good. I hope you're okay. It's it's so strange, isn't it? I think we we headed into 2021 and I definitely didn't think there were any magic wands, but I felt like we would have more obvious signs that that things are getting better. But there are very slowly some little little small green shoots of improvement. I took the children out for a walk yesterday because who doesn't love an hour and a half of people whining at you that you've ruined their life? Um, that is walking with Jamie and Beth. And we walked around and, and, you know, the daffodils that were just poking their heads up are now starting to really just think about coming into bloom and the little snowdrops are out. And it does feel like spring is on its way and never has a metaphor been more needed or, or more appropriate, really, given given where we are this year. It is, um, yeah, it is an odd an odd start to the year but I I retain positivity and optimism that brighter times are yet to come and even if they're not at least I don't have to mend another fucking dishwasher eh? which you know small wins small wins look after yourselves stay safe take care and I will see you all next week take care my loves lots of love bye bye